Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number 159. Aaron, um, the San Jose Sharks, as we kind of expected, are SOL. And of course, that means shootout loss. Uh, my goodness, this week has just been, uh, been. I mean, again, entertaining hockey. That's what we said it was going to be, entertaining mm-hmm. hockey. But not a playoff team, which of course means you have to lose. So, uh, I mean, I think it was Drew Remenda had said it. Is there anything more entertaining than three-on-three overtime hockey. So um, the Sharks certainly doing the job there, but not getting the job done. Absolutely brutal. That's three games this week. All three went to shootout. All three of the Sharks were winning going, I guess, into the third period, and the other team tied, I should say, Anaheim twice tied it up, and uh, Florida had tied it up. And both of them, or all three, went to overtime, and then nobody scored, and they went to the shootout, and the Sharks lost every shootout. That's incredible, incredible. But we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, you know, one one bright side here uh, of all this, and and like we said, you know, it being entertaining hockey and whatnot. But um, on a more individual level, Eric Carlson has absolutely gone off so far this season. This is a Norris caliber worthy. Uh, start to the season for him it's the best start for him in his career it's uh, I think he's he's second in the league in scoring goals right now behind Connor McDavid Um, (laughs) I mean he's he's going off what is it that's going going right for him Um, talk to me what do you think Um, well I think we talked about this before the season had started earlier in the summer about how it was pretty much after the Brent Burns trade, how that's going to open up more ice time for Eric Carlson. He's going to be the man. Uh, Hopefully he shows up in shape. So he's not taking forever to get off to a fast start. And uh, lo and behold, that's kind of what happened. So here's a clip of what we had actually said, in case you're curious uh, from way back in, I don't know, this a month ago, two months ago. So here, here's what we said. The other side of this coin with Brent Burns now is 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 the question I wanted to pose? Is this the kickstart? Is this the catalyst for Eric Carlson? Is, is this what he needs to get back to form to take over that role entirely? Not to share it with anybody else. I'm top dog on defense in terms of offensive defenseman. I'm the guy that the offense runs through on the blue line. Is this what he needs to kind of get back to form, back to what Eric Carlson is? So I, I posed that question and our responses were so long. I didn't want to make it part of this episode. You just go back and check out that episode, right? It was 153, I believe. But essentially, the reason I posed that question was because, yes, that's that's exactly what I think he needed. And it's kind of showing right now. Yes, he is the guy that's getting, as Aaron had pointed out in that episode, the 30 minutes a night. You can't have two guys that are both getting 30 minutes a night. Um, you know, something's got to give. So now it's kind of Eric Carlson's boat, right? He's, he's driving this. So um, I think it, obviously it's showing up on the stat sheet and you could see the plays that he's making is very confident. His speed's all there. Um, I mean, everything that he's doing, it's, it's vintage Eric Carlson and it's showing up now uh, with San Jose Sharks with five years left on his contract, I believe. So um, again, Aaron, I mean, I, I posed the question. We had already kind of answered it in, in that episode, but you know, drive it home here, buddy. Well, I think I always liked Carlson better than Burns and just the simple fact that Burns is a good, a very good defenseman. He's kind of the go-to guy that's going to score you goals and you, your offense kind of drives through him from the blue line, you know, on the offensive side. So 
Carlson's a little different player where he's more of a playmaker from all 200 feet. I mean, how many times did you see him whip a pass through? Burns did this too, but in a different kind of way. Um, it's almost like Burns was all power. Carlson's more finesse, if, if you will. So his passes, I think, are a little bit more crisper, a um, little bit less turnovers this year. I mean, he's still doing turnovers, but you know, he's he's connecting these passes. You're just like, how how did he do that? And the Sharks are exiting the zone a lot quicker than they normally would be. So to me, Carlson is the kind of guy that doesn't matter who, who else is on the ice, doesn't matter if it's the first line or the fourth line, he's making those guys look good and giving them opportunities to succeed. And it's the Sharks are actually scoring now. Now, um, you know, the beginning of the season, Timo Meyer couldn't score to save his life. Tomas Hurdle actually just scored the other night for the first time since the Czech Republic. So it's these big guns aren't even doing most of the damage in these games. And now they're starting to wake up, but Carlson's kind of been there the whole time and has been doing it. So, I mean, just quickly through the numbers, the last five games, he's on a, he's on a five game point streak right now. He has seven goals and six assists. That's 13 points in five games. It's more than two points a game. Um, Six of those points, a goal and five assists to come on the power play. So it's not all power play driven here. Uh, His average ice time for the entire season is 24 minutes and 57 seconds, almost 25 minutes. Power play is 325. And what I thought is interesting here, he only has 22 seconds of shorthanded time on the average for the season. That's nothing. He's basically not doing the penalty kill. Um, When it was him and Burns, they both kind of did the penalty kill. I think they did a lot of the heavy lifting, which kind of takes away from the damage that they can do on the power play or at even strength. So I think keeping them fresh and letting the other guys kind of do the dirty work while they get to stay fresh is helping. And we're seeing paying the dividends, right? Like it, it's working and he's having the best season of best start to his season that he's ever had in his career, which is amazing. You know, I, I really like that. I didn't notice that before, but I really do like that 22 seconds shorthanded uh, stat that you just put up there. Cause yeah, it does. Uh, it, it does reserve him for the more offensive opportunities that are out there. And, and and like you said, when you've got two supreme offensive talents like that on the same team and you've got a penalty kill, well, something's got to give. Somebody's got to play there, right? So um, it, that that's I, I, I just saw that. Thank you for, for pointing that one out. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, it, giving him the opportunity to really focus in on the offensive side. And, you know, you've got enough guys now. We talked about this before. We talked about Vlasic and we talked about Shimmick. And those guys are getting ice time and they're getting the ability to take those types of minutes away from Carlson uh, to kind of be more just the defensive presence that they ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's actually kind of almost like addition by subtraction. When you take Burns out of the picture there, you get Carlson doing more of the offensive stuff, but then you get another guy in the lineup who can handle more of the shorthanded, the more defensive situations. Um, so, yeah, awesome stat. Thank you for, for pulling that one up. Now, we do have another clip here from Coach Quinn um, relating to Eric Carlson. You want to set this clip up? Sure. He was asked after the game what he thought about Eric Carlson in, in this whole, you know, people keep calling it a resurgence. I think we even use that word. But uh, he's 32 years old, and he's leading the league in scoring for defensemen. And for a while, I think a couple of days ago, he was actually, like, in the lead for all the entire league. So um, this is Coach Quinn on what he thinks about Carlson and uh, – his resurgence. 
Well, I think everybody's seeing, you know, what a world-class player he is. And I know he's had injury issues here the last few years. And I mentioned this before the game, you know, even when I talked to him this summer, he's feeling as good as he ha- has in years, and it's showing. And then, you know, you watch the last three games, and he's only not only has he done what he's done and been dominant offensively, but defensively he's been very good. And, you know, I'm just happy for him. I know it's been a tough go for him, but... You know, you're talking about a two-time Norris Trophy winner who's only 32 years old. He's got a lot of great hockey ahead of him, and he's certainly playing like a Norris Trophy winner now. And there you go. From the from the mouth of Coach Quinn, Norris Trophy, playing like a Norris Trophy defenseman. Yeah. That's exactly what the Sharks need. Absolutely, 100%. I got a couple comments in here. Um, Debbie saying Vlasic was terrible last night. I think it was a minus three last night. Yeah, um... I think the whole team can take some blame for sure. Every time there's a loss, I don't like to point to one player in particular and say, that's the reason that they lost. But, um, you know, again, I guess the point more was that him soaking up some of those defensive minutes allows Carlson to not have to, um, Mm -hmm. whether or not he was on the ice, uh, when, when bad things happen, I think there's, you know, there's a five man unit out there and a goaltender that we can also point to. So, um, there's that. Um, let's see what else we got here. Peter St. John Carlson is the best offensive defenseman we have uh, ever had, but he is a defensive liability though. He has been better this year. It makes sense not to put him out there on the PK. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what we've been, been saying here too. Thank you, Peter St. John. Um, you know, before we continue on, actually, I would like to ask you guys, uh, to go ahead and support the show as best you can here. Uh, if you can give us a like, if you're enjoying the show so far, that'd be awesome. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell so that you know when we're going live and uh, it'll get a notification out to you guys. We don't do videos like often, often, usually just once a week. So it's not going to fill up your inbox with a bunch of junk. Uh, just come and uh, chat with us. We truly, uh, we do appreciate that. Also, if, <laughs> thank you. Also, if uh, you guys can, we'd appreciate the share, the the retweet, uh, get us out there to the rest of the Sharks family. Um, if you're enjoying us, I'm sure they'll enjoy us as well. So there you go. Um, Aaron, any other comments in here? Oh, sorry. Check the comments, Aaron. Also, uh, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, you could do that with Super Chat. Uh, you can also do that through Venmo at The Fin Factor. You can even go to our website, finfactor.com. Go to the uh, products link there, support the show, and buy a hat, shirt, uh, water bottle, whatever. So we have lots of products there. Anyway, Aaron, do you see any comments there uh, worth pulling out? Uh, yeah, Peter St. John. Carlson's the best offensive defender. Oh, I just read that one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, hey, Peter, it was so good. So good. Aaron wanted to read it twice, buddy. Way to go. Sorry. Um, Kellen, we will talk about the Barabanov uh, jumping into the bench in just a second or two. And uh, I also like Kellen saying it doesn't matter if it's the first line, the fourth line, or Benning. Carlson will find a way. You know, I was joking a little bit, and, and you know, these 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 losses piling up uh, make me feel a little bit better. But I was thinking, gosh, between uh, between Carlson and Reimer, they might will us to being a bubble playoff team. But no, we're not. We're not there. We're we're definitely not. Um, but the the way they've been playing, though, they've been playing phenomenally. So yeah, I think it doesn't really matter who he's playing with. Carlson's pretty much willing the Sharks to being in the conversation, at least on a nightly basis. So uh, good for them. Uh, Taylor says, don't worry, you'll get a cut when I win the Powerball. Sweet. Hey, man, uh, best of luck that, to you. You see and what that's up to? What's that? You see what that's up to right no, now? No, what is it? $1.9 billion? 
Okay, you know what you could buy with 1.9 billion? Probably the naming <laughs> rights to an AHL arena. Just saying. Maybe um, the Arizona Coyotes. About, what's that? <laughs> Maybe the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, the whole thing, and then we could buy them a, a new arena too. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the Anaheim game here. Now, I I've got your first note. I'm sure you want to talk about it. Was the Zegris slash that gets them a $1,500 fine? Go ahead, take us away on that. Uh, it's weird that they called it a slash because you really just kind of cup checked them really hard and jacked them up pretty good. So he hit Benning and after the game, I, I thought I had this clip, but I didn't. Um, Benning, first of all, Matt Benning, his interview, um, he makes Vlasic look like he talks a million miles a minute. He's, it was like, it was one word answers practically. So they're like, oh, Benning, would you, uh, would you say this, you know, would you use this as a one word? He goes, yeah. Next question, like, oh, would yeah. you let this? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, wow, you... It reminded me of uh, of um, um, blanking on the guy I used to play for the Seahawks, the running back, Marshawn Lynch. He was like, oh. "I'm just, I'm just." What did he say? I'm just here so I'm I don't just, get fined. Yeah, that's what yeah. it reminded me of. Like he clearly did not want to be there. Um, so anyway, they finally asked him about getting slashed by uh, by him, and he was like, "Yeah, well, Zagris was mic'd up, and he thought he could be tough. If he wants to be tough, I'll be tough." <laughs> so they, I don't know what that was about. So. Um, he ends up getting fined fifteen hundred dollars, which sounds punitive, but I think that is the max fine you can do, which is pathetic and probably needs to be looked at. Yeah. Um, it also it, the good thing is it's kind of a mark on Zegris now. So if he ever does anything again, then it'll become a suspension. So it's kind of like a step in the progress. So I thought, you know, this game was on Tuesday. The Sharks are playing Florida on Thursday, and then they're playing Anaheim again at home on Saturday. So I was like, oh, this is going to – something's going to happen. I think I said this in the last show. Something's going to happen. The Saturday game is going to be the better game to go to because things are going to carry over from the Tuesday game. Something's bound to happen, and sure enough, here we go. Here's the big – the slash by Zegras. So, um, yeah, so that, it made the game a little bit more exciting, I think. There was a lot more booze when Zegras uh, had the puck on his stick at the game on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't I can't say anything bad about Matt Benning. Um, he's obviously one of the best defensemen the Sharks have. Uh, his interviews are impeccable. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, no, he didn't give my kids two sticks in one practice. So uh, I'm yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Aaron. <laughs> he, he bought you off real early. He, I'm he? I'm I'm admitting it. I've been bought off by Matt Benning <laughs> so <laughs> early. One hundred percent. You can't say anything bad about Matt bending around me, buddy. It's not going to work. It takes two sticks. That's it. It does. And I'm done. In case you're wondering. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Moving on, we've got the Sharks against Florida. Another uh, shootout loss. Four to three this time. Uh, Cutting gets ejected early uh, for a uh, check to the head on that one. Did you see this play now? I was actually at the game. I was at this game, and um, the hit was kind of, I think it was along the boards to my right, and it looked like, it looked like a, a hit, like, like, oh, it was a big hit, but I, they didn't show the replay at the game. So I had not been able to see like how bad it was or whatever, but they did review it in the game. So when they announced that they said it was a five minute major, um, which automatically gets reviewed. So the refs took, I don't know, probably a couple of minutes looking at it over and over. And then they said, yep, the call stands. It's going to be a five minute major, 10 minute game misconduct. He's kicked out. And that was early. That was only a couple of minutes into the game. So 
Um, right away, the Sharks kind of had to scramble up their lines because that's their, you know, their guy on their, was he on the third line right now? Yeah. So everything just kind of got put into the blender for lines for those bottom, the bottom six. Um, so that kind of changed things around. I think uh, some people got more ice time than they normally would because of that. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was a fun game. Like the, it's funny, the first and the second periods, probably because Florida and San Jose just don't see each other. They see each other twice a year ever. Like they've never played in the playoffs against each other. There's no, there's no history. There's nothing. The first two periods were boring. They were just like, ho-hum. Okay. Hockey was just played. Now we're going to the third period. Uh, They were down two nothing and the Sharks stormed back and scored three. And they scored one, I think like in the beginning of uh, the third period. So it kind of, it all of a sudden, like it was electric, like, wow, the crowd was, was pretty thin. But as soon as they scored, it was it was it was going pretty loud. So I was like, "Yeah, this is this is cool." And then uh, they scored again to tie, and they're like, "Wow!" And then they took the lead. And I'm like, "Holy cow! Like this is Florida. Florida's a a good Cup favorite team right now." And uh, the Sharks just came back and scored three in the third period, which the third period has been the worst period for the Sharks. So now it looks like they're kind of fixing that up. Which, well, not really, but at least <laughs> they're scoring goals now in the third, which they weren't doing at all. Um, so it was exciting, and then it went, you know, to overtime, which was exciting. Actually, you know what? I take it back. That overtime was awful. Overtime was bad. But Florida kind of possessed the puck a lot, and they moved it really slow. It was not a lot of back and forth. Like, the overtime, I feel like last last night, right? It was last night, the second Anaheim one, that was exciting because it was kind of a little bit more back and forth. Like, you get more fast breaks. This one was like, oh, it was like the first and second period. It was so boring. It's like, why, why are we here? This is awful. Then we go to the shootout and it just we're terrible. So yeah. Anyway, you know, that was the game. Did you, did you watch this game? So I, I mean, I watched all these games and what I noticed in the overtime, why it was so terrible is Matt Benning was not playing very much in that, <laughs> uh, overtime. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I mean, like you said, the first two periods, not so hot. The third period there, they, they kind of overcome uh, their third period woes and they score three. So um, you know, again, going back to this whole thing that we've been talking about um, for this season so far on the show is being entertaining still. And I think that the Sharks have at least fit that bill. Um, you know, they, whether or not they're scoring in the third and then all of a sudden you've got a game where they're terrible in the beginning part of it and then they come back in the third. Who knows? Right. So it's it's kind of one of those you're not really sure what you're going to get teams. Uh, you know, it's probably going to end up in a loss. But uh, other than that, it's it's again. The, the goal, I think, uh, for, for me, the takeaway for this season is going to be, is it at least entertaining hockey? I have no expectation beyond uh, beyond that in terms of points and whatnot. So um, the Sharks kind of, uh, again, falling to the, to the Florida Panthers in this game uh, where they could have done a much better job in those first two periods where they hadn't really struggled that, po- that much uh, in previous games. And then, you know, third period makes them turn around. So we do have a clip here. Um, with Sturm says the lack of points uh, by a team in the season playing better against better teams. Uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and set this clip up again, and then we'll go ahead and play it for you guys. Sure. Uh, I wanted to get Nico Sturm, uh, a clip of Nico Sturm, because I heard him talk in this interview, and I was like, wow, it is the complete opposite of Matt Bending. This guy sounds like a captain material. He's very he's very well-spoken. He's very smart. He could just just... By the answers of his questions, it's like, wow, he's he's a really, really smart player. Um, obviously, we've seen what he's done on the ice. He's got five goals and assists this season as the was the fourth-line center, now kind of the third-line center. Um, this guy seems like a very good, very good leader. I am 
I cannot be happier that management brought him in here. I was a little, I didn't know much about him before the season. So um, I, I am blown away at this guy. So anyway, the question was kind of more or less like um, the Sharks seem to, when they're playing against teams like Florida and like these cup contenders, Tampa Bay, the New York Rangers, they kind of get up to play them and they play very well. Why is it like that? And then you play against teams like, that are lower like Anaheim, who's just as bad and at the bottom, why aren't they playing as well? So here's what his answer is. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the good thing is that we had the chance to get a lot of points in games that we didn't. Um, so, so we got blown out of the barn and, uh, sometimes you, sometimes you lose a game and you're like, you know, the other team was just way better tonight. There was no chance for us to get any points, but in a lot of those games that we didn't get any points, I actually thought we were, we were in the game pretty much until the last couple of minutes. Um, so for us, it's about, uh, uh, you know, playing a full 60 minutes today was much better than in the last game. And, and uh, I feel like we, we tend to maybe do that a lot of against maybe the teams where we think they're they're better than others and that's got to change we got to make sure we come out every game with with that kind of effort and, and then it'll give us a really good chance so tonight uh, i think you saw one of our better games in terms of intensity and and, and uh give ourselves a really good chance to win the game huge huge difference from the one word answer of yeah we didn't score many points you know like like he he breaks it down um, later in that interview, he was asked about the hit that um, that got uh, cut and ejected. And instead of instead of saying he first off, he said, I didn't see it. I haven't seen a replay of it. I didn't see it. That was it. And then he took a break or a pause and he just goes, you know, I was on the ice and I was I was forechecking and I had my back to it and I heard the big hit and I turned around, but I didn't get to see it. And I have yet to see a replay. So he like expanded on exactly where he was and why he didn't see it almost like feeling defensive of like i'm not trying to skirt the answer you know i don't want to like say anything to get in trouble but it was like he genuinely had not seen it yeah uh eigen grau i think is how you pronounce this says sturm's got heart or if we're playing in boston hot <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for that i hope i pronounced that right by the way you can let me know if i did or didn't i'm, I'm not going to get it right if i didn't but oh well um peter st john um says we need benning in the shootout he will fix everything <laughs> <laughs> Kellen's saying, well, he doesn't have many sticks left. Paul has them all. I don't have them all. I have two. That's my kids, not me. Anyway, uh, and, and then maybe Paul will give one back. No, well, no. Once you give me the stick, it's over. It's mine. So there you go. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, honestly, with uh, with Sturm. I've, I've been very impressed with uh, what he's brought to the team so far, both on the ice and off the ice. He, to me, is one of those guys like Mario Ferraro. He's got that engine always going. Um, always chugging after it, and he does not slow down. He does not stop. He does not uh, watch the play. He becomes the play. He's that guy. So um, I am more than happy with Nico Sturm and everything he's brought on the ice. And again, off the ice, you see that leadership quality. Uh, maybe not like a captain necessarily, but certainly uh, someone that could be in a leadership role, a voice yeah. in the room, somebody that people look up to. Um, he's got a cup under his belt, right? So, I mean, um, there's there's a lot of good things that the guy brings. And as uh, I get growl, there you go. He says, correct. I said it correctly. There you go. Uh, as he had said that he does have hot. So, um, yeah, very, very happy with him. Um, sorry well, to hear about uh, Mario Ferraro. That we'll talk about that in the next game. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he's not wrong. Like the Sharks, 
they they have the lead a lot of the times going they've been scoring the goals first in the game it's almost like um they're shooting themselves in the foot a lot and it's stuff that can get corrected i feel like now imagine half those games that they lost where they came back imagine if they were able to shut down other teams and keep the lead it's not like they're always behind it's not like they're getting blown out all the games are within a goal and they seem to just like the next game we're going to talk about is a perfect example. They were up four to two dominating the game. I even wrote in the notes best game to date. And then I had to add until the last five minutes because they didn't complete the game. And I was just like, I was like blown away. Like, Oh my gosh, how did, first of all, the we'll get into it in a minute, but just like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's fixable mistakes that um, it's a team that's going to be good. And I'm not saying the Sharks are going to be this cup-winning team in a year, but they're building. Right now, it's a building block year, and they're putting all these building blocks together for the upcoming seasons. Not so much this one, but next season. I'm still a firm believer that the Sharks are going to get a top-five pick. That player is going to be able to jump into the NHL next season. They're going to have him. They're going to have... Bordalo, they're going to have Eklund ready to go. And then you mix them in with Hurdle, Meyer, I'm assuming Meyer's still here, and um, Couture, you're going to have a pretty solid top six now. So um, I think the Sharks' trajectory are going up. I don't think they're getting worse. Now, it's hard to say that when the standings, they just keep going down, down, down. But if you look at the overall picture of the team and where it's going and how it's kind of designed and looking, I mean, you can add in who knows what kind of free agents they're going to pull in next season, going into next season. So there's a lot of hope, I think, for next year, at least for me. Yeah, like you said here, the best game until the last five. I mean, you can play 55 minutes straight of great hockey and have a two-goal lead going into the the you know the latter portion of the, the the final period there, and then still just it can all fall apart on you. It's one of those things that the Sharks uh, haven't been able to do for quite a while is kind of like step on the throat, right? Right. Um, is is get them, you know, when your opponent is down, uh, don't think, oh, we got him. We'll just kind of play, you know, that that prevent style. No, go after him, get after him, keep going. What's been working for 55 minutes is going to work for that last five, right? And when you decide not to do that, when you decide to change it up and just kind of back off a little bit, that's where uh, you start getting these problems where all of a sudden that 55 minutes means nothing. That last five minutes is everything. So, um Oh, you, I, Aaron wants to do a roll call here. So let's, uh, Aaron, what do you want to do here for, for roll call? What is your question to the people? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Obviously, you do... where are you watching from, right? Well, where are you watching from? But the question yeah. should be, um, do you think the Sharks trajectory is going to be going up? How about okay. that? Do you think are they, they are on the correct trajectory is what uh, Aaron would like to know. Do you think that this team is headed in the right direction or do you think we're just spiraling, spiraling out of control uh, for the rest of this season and then hopefully we just get another draft pick and go from there? So there you go. That'll be the question. Um, <laughs> we'd love to see uh, your answers to this. Please feel free to throw that in the chat and we will address them as we see them. Um then let's see. Uh, we talked about it just a, a briefly, but Ferraro does take one in the face. I hate seeing this for two reasons. One, uh, because it's Mario Ferraro, and uh, he's he's absolutely like my favorite hard worker on the team. And I hate seeing when a guy 
um, is is so passionate about the game and he's grinding hard, he's playing hard, and then he gets an injury like this um, and, and, and he's out basically, right? So if you didn't see it, uh, it was a shot and he poke checked and it just acted just like a ramp and it went right up and it hit him. Aaron, did it hit him in the jaw or did it hit him in the throat? It was really That's- hard to see. Yeah, when I watched I, during the game, I watched. I thought it hit him in the mouth, and I was like, "Oh, great! He just had a bunch of dental work, and he got hit last year, and it was really, it took him a while, kind of like when Burns got hit and got hit again." Uh, but then I watched again, and it looked like it hit him in the neck, like kind of down here. And I think they said I was trying to find a, an update, and I haven't seen anything, but they said that he was bandaged around his neck after the game. So. That could be scary, man. I mean, imagine like maybe he couldn't breathe because he got hit in the throat and it collapsed kind of his throat. That's a that's a scary, weird injury that happened. Um, I'm not saying that's what it was, but that's that's a chance because I don't think it was teeth. He didn't lose any teeth. He wasn't bleeding either. Like it wasn't I was expecting a whole blood trail on the ice and there was nothing. Yeah. So um, that's why I think it was the neck. Yeah, and and you know you see them usually when when a hockey player gets hurt in the middle of a play, they kind of like will still kind of hobble around and you know, but he went like straight down to a knee, holding like I couldn't again couldn't tell if it was his chin or his neck, but you just kind of like this the area down here, and to see him just kind of like crumple, it's like oh man that ain't good right, especially for a guy like that who is you know I don't care if I'm hurt I'm going for it right. Um, you, we've seen him block shots and get hurt and he hobbles around and tries to finish the play. This was, I just dropped to a knee and ow. Um, so yeah, you know, when, when Ferraro stops playing, it's, it's a big deal. So, um, you're going to say something. No, I just, I like, to me, that it just makes me think that like he couldn't breathe. I mean, imagine you're sprinting and you're, you're out of breath and then all of a sudden you just cut off your, your breathing that you freak out and you drop to the ice and be like, oh my God, this is not right. This is not good. So taking a look at some of the uh, responses here, Matt Lowe, uh, St. Castro Valley, California, shark trajectory should increase by 5 to 10%, no more, no less. Oh, are, so are you saying uh, trajectory in terms of how many points they've gathered up throughout the season? Um, is that what you mean by that? I, I think we were just saying uh, the way that the team is gelling and working together, uh, that they're on the right path, I think is more what we were saying. But the... Uh, your use of five to ten percent. I was just curious what you what you meant by that one there. But um, thank you for your comment there, Matt. Uh, Maximus is lit. Says I think this team is going in the right direction if they keep the games close but lose overall. Yeah, and, and honestly, again, that goes back to what I said a few times now is it's it, it's entertaining hockey. It's it's got to be close to be entertaining, but you got to lose to get the pick you want. So it's going to be entertaining <laughs> hockey. But hopefully, they you know kind of do what they've been doing so that they don't end up a bubble team that gets bounced in the first round or doesn't make it in the playoffs right at the end. Uh, you kind of want, if you're not going to make it, we want to have the best pick possible. So this is kind of the best of both worlds where we should be able to secure that pick. But, and, you know, we're watching and going, man, that was actually pretty entertaining stuff. I'm still baffled by the amount of people that don't want the Sharks to kind of tank this season. Or not so much that they don't want them to tank, but... um get mad that they're losing you know like i don't know maybe because i'm a half glass full kind of guy and i look already to next season and who's coming <laughs> to the draft and excited about it more than um you know hanging on by a thread of the sharks should do everything they can possibly either one way or the other right like they should be 
making their team better or completely selling everything and just blowing the team up, which I just don't think is right. I don't know. I don't understand it. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see. We've got any other comments here we, we should uh, be pulling out. Uh, Debbie says, remember when Murray broke his Adam's apple? That was terrible. That sounds terrible. Jeez. Um, I know players will always deny it, but I wonder how bad the Europe trip gimped the start of the season for them. I think so. Do you think so? Yeah, because they had to rush their uh, their training camp. They brought some of those guys over. Like it just, it was a shortened training camp. I think that was, and you have a new coach coming with a new system, like a whole overhaul of everything, and you have a shortened training camp. Mm, yeah, I think they didn't get off to a good start. I don't think. Plus all that travel. I mean, that's a long ways to go for two games. And then yeah, you come fair enough. And, um, yeah. Let's see. It seems uh, Taylor saying it seems like they're playing better than the start of the season, but just can't close out as fun as wins are not hating the trajectory toward the better draft pick. Absolutely. You know, I, and that would be trending in the right direction, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, what's crazy. The Sharks have one regulation win. Oh, it was wow. against Philly when they beat them three nothing the other day and had a shutout. So the only way they're going to get a regulation win and that's not even a guarantee as a shutout because <laughs> they could be shut out zero zero and go to overtime. So the last thing I want to talk about with this Sharks Anaheim game, and this is something that um, Kellen Foster had uh, tweeted to us. And I think we, we may have a graphic super producer. Jason does not like Twitter when it comes to putting graphics on the screen. I will tell you that much. Um, but I believe we have this. And if he doesn't have it, I'll just have to, pull it up myself and read it here uh yeah it says can't wait for the fin factor breakdown of why cunning goal was a legit goal or legal goal uh okay so i i saw this goal and the first thing i thought of was uh colorado's offside call in the 2019 playoffs against the sharks um because that player whoever it was skated up to the bench was in the offensive zone and stood at the door with his skates on the ice in the offensive zone, just stood there. And then Colorado brought the puck in and across, and they were called offside. Um, after the fact, they were called offside, right? And the goal was called back. Um, in this case, Barabanov basically did the same thing, except he didn't stand there. As soon as he got to the door, he jumped. He leapt. And some folks are saying, well, now, wait a minute. He, he didn't leap in time. Um, the puck was already across the line or whatever. I've and I couldn't give this to Super Producer Jason because he would have killed me. But I did a uh, slow motion with with my um, yeah there you go. I did slow motion with my uh, my phone on the TV so you can imagine the flicker that I was getting. But I was watching like his heels as he was coming up off the ice, and his heels definitely come up off the ice before the stick starts to go past the blue line, and you can't see the puck because it's kind of hidden behind the stick, right? Um, but his heels definitely go up and his toes are shortly right and right after that because he hops. So though you can't see the puck, I imagine where the puck was, it would not have been offside anyway. Having said that, the call on the ice was good goal. There was no offside call, right? So it has to be conclusive, irrefutable evidence, right? Uh, to, to be able to overturn that call and they did not have that so either either they did not have that irrefutable evidence because they couldn't see uh that it was offside and so therefore they can't overturn 
or they had the same kind of slow motion, maybe a better angle where they could see that, yes, his heels and his toes had hopped off the rink before the puck actually crossed the line. So that to me, uh, Kellen specifically, that is the breakdown, the fin factor breakdown that you're requesting as to why uh, it was a legal goal because he actually either did hop off, which it appeared that he did, or they simply could not overturn it with enough conclusive, irrefutable evidence. There you go. I think this rule needs to get simplified because it's just way too long. And it took how long for them to review? It was like five minutes, right? Yes. It was a very long time. I think yes. the rule, simple, simplify it and say, would it have been too many men on the ice? <laughs> no. Then it's not upside. Because <laughs> the guy's going off. He's not in the play. He has nothing to do with the play. The guy's already jumping on. So the other guy's already jumping on for the play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I that that will significantly bring down that five minute time to 30 seconds. OK, was it too many men on the ice? Like, were they trying to get an advantage where they're jumping on? And, you know, like you've seen that in in, in overtimes where a guy's coming off the ice. And everyone jumps from the other side of the bench to go, you know, like. No. So I think that needs to get simplified rather than getting more complicated with more cameras and more. Ugh, it's just it's silly. It's so. Silly. If you want to simplify it, um, you you take the door and you move the door to the neutral zone, not in the offensive zone. That's I mean that's a shark's quirk too. That's that's every arena is different. The shark's bench, um, the away bench on the shark or in the in the arena SAP Center. Um, when they built the arena, they didn't build it for hockey. They just were going to build an arena, and then they were like, "Oh, we can have the sharks." That's why there's the press box is in the rafters because it was an afterthought. They didn't have a press box. They didn't build one. So they put it in the rafters. That's why it's so high and there's obstructed view. It's awful. And then the benches are so short that the away goalie can't sit on the bench and he has to sit on the opposite side toward the locker room by himself. He's in no man's land. He's just sitting there with the fans behind the glass by the door. He mans the door. It's awful. So the backup goalie never even gets to sit with the bench. So yeah, the, the benches are too small. They put the doors out so that it's further, I guess. I don't know. So I don't know. It's just a quirky arena that's never going to get changed because the arena is so old and they're not going to build a new one. And, and then we have another tweet and I, and I don't know, super producer Jason. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but this is from Kellen again says, if this goal is allowed, the garbage collector slide cannot be used. This was not a garbage collector goal. Now, again, this resulted in in Cunning getting a goal here. So Kellen says that the goal that he scored is not a garbage collector goal. And Kellen, I have to say, you are absolutely uh, 100% unequivocally incorrect, sir. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad, okay? I don't want to hear it. I'll play that slide if I want to. Doesn't matter. And and anyway, it, it was like a pass that went off of his shin guard and in. Like how much? It's pretty garbage to me. I mean, what do you think, Aaron? The garbage goal. <laughs> Good things happens. Good things happen when you go to the net. Absolutely. 
And that's not a knock on Cunning at all. We, I'm not calling it a garbage goal because the guy can't score or anything else. No. I'm, I'm not saying that at no. all. I'm saying, this yeah, is- go to those dirty areas. We need guys yeah. like you, right? Absolutely. We, the Sharks did – am I muted? <laughs> the Sharks did not have enough of those types of guys. And this is one of the, one of Greer's guys that he brought in because he, he saw that the Sharks did not have someone like this. So uh, I am okay with these garbage goals. I like them. Garbage goals are still goals. Absolutely, and it gives super super producer Jason something to put up on screen for us too. I like Kellen Foster. SAP Arena is one of the five arenas in the NHL with that door problem. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a quirky thing, but sharks still aren't the only ones that have this problem. But it is a problem. It can't be that hard, right, to take the boards uh, down and just get new ones that have the door over there, right? The only thing is the way the bench is situated, it's a little bit further away from the end of the bench. That's, that's where all. the backup goalie can sit, whatever. That's all. Well, they'll never, They're they'll big have to boys. Get... They can hop the bench. Come on. <laughs> the problem with the backup goalie is they'd have to get rid of some high paying seats that are on the glass in order to make the bench bigger and longer. And they don't want to do that. Just like right. the NHL should have international ice, but that would get rid of the first three, four rows of, High-paying people that they don't want to get rid of. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. I'm going to say that was directed at you because that was you talking, not <laughs> me. So, all right, let's get on with it then. Uh, Aaron, the... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. The the next thing we want to talk about, this is not a laughing matter. I don't know why I'm laughing, to be honest with you, but um this whole thing has nothing to do with the sharks whatsoever has everything to do with uh boston bruins and a recent signing of theirs a very controversial signing um i think you know a lot more about this entire story i i know the cliff notes version of it um i think i'll let you go ahead and talk us through this one because um yeah i don't i don't want to give any misinformation here so you go ahead fire away (laughs) sure all right Here's a uh, a prospect that was a fourth-round draft pick by the Arizona Coyotes two years ago. There was something that came about or information that came out after he was already picked. I think it was even happened before, and everyone was kind of like dunking on the Coyotes going, why would you pick this guy? Um, it was awful. So the whole incident, it wasn't even an incident. This is the problem. It was years of abuse of this kid picking on a classmate from second grade through, I don't know how long it was, 14, 15 years old, something like that. He pretended to be his friend. The kid, uh, I think he has special needs and he is a person of color. And this kid, Mitchell Miller, is a white kid who used a lot of, uh, you know, what do they call it? Racial uh, slurs. Racial slurs. And it wasn't, so the thing is, they're trying to pin it as it was one incident where he took a piece of candy and put it in a urinal, peed on it, made the kid eat it. It's awful, right? It's, it's terrible. But that's only one incident of many that he had done over the years of this kid's life. He ruined this kid. So I don't know what Boston was thinking. It's so stupid because everybody knew about this, about this kid. It was not one incident. It was years of abuse. Boston went out and signed this kid to an entry-level deal uh, on Friday. This was Friday. This is, what, three days ago. Three days ago. They did it on Friday because it's a slow news day. 
That's when you want to bury the lead is you do it on a Friday. There's one, one incident, right? Of Boston being stupid and, but knowingly stupid. Then they come out and claim that they thought it was one incident. Malarkey. That's ridiculous. Everybody knew this story. Then they said, Oh, well, he's been doing his due diligence. And here's, here's a quote. What is this? The tweet is, uh, that you have up. I can't even read it. (laughs) It's so small. Um, Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he's saying that I, you know, he's apologizing for this one incident. It wasn't one incident. It was, this is years of abuse. He still, this player, um, because he signed with the Bruins or was going to sign with the Bruins, the Bruins said, you have to do an apology, a public apology to this, to this kid. He writes him a DM on Instagram. That's how he reaches out to him. Doesn't call him. Doesn't meet him in person. Does absolutely nothing. He had 25 hours of community service because he was he was charged criminally for this. 25 hours of community service. That's the only community service that he did because he legally had to. Um, it comes to find out that his his uh, agent who had signed him said that uh, he did all this stuff and they name all these places that he's volunteering and do all this work. All those places go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't put our name in this because yeah. he hasn't done anything with us. Like it was just complete, even more BS. It was like, are you kidding? Like, what is going on? They clearly, they did their homework. They know. The Bruins knew. They even got quotes from Patrice Bergeron. Did you see this? Patrice Bergeron came out and was like, he would not be welcome in our locker room. This is not the kind of person that we have in our organization. This is so, I'm trying to not use bad words here. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did Bergeron say that after they signed After him? the signing. So the signing, signing was on Friday. Saturday, they asked for quotes from some of the players. Right? So um, I'm trying to find the actual quote of where he said it. Well, uh, and, and, and I do recall um, kind of as I was reading through some of this stuff that um, I think the, the mom had gone back and forth with one of the news sources saying that, um, you know, that the uh, Mitchell hadn't really um, done anything other than that one, that one DM to him. Right. And that he said, this has nothing to do with hockey as part of that. It's like, no, this has everything to do with hockey. You, you had again, years worth of this. And then you could have at any point after the initial time that people found out about this at any point between then and now you could have said, Hey, you know what? I screwed up. I'm so sorry. I realized that I was just, you know, a young moron back then. I was doing all the wrong things. I'm trying to make it better. Let me help uh, in any way that I can to help make it better for you, blah, 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 anything, right? And of course, doing that, not necessarily in a DM, doing it in person would have been better. But he, he the, the timing of this, you cannot possibly convince me that this has nothing to do with hockey. So, um yeah, just I mean, to me again, I'm I'm siding with uh, Patrice Bergeron here. This is not the type of player that any team should want to have in their locker room. If there was actual remorse, uh, you might be able to make a case for it. As much as as I would hate to do that, you might be able to make a case for it. Um, and it's hard to do that because think if this was if it was your kid that this guy was bullying for years, mm-hmm. would you? I mean, how would you feel about that, right? There's no way. There's no way you would say, yeah, no, it's okay. He, he re, He's re, rehabilitated now. Um, you know, let him back into the league, whatever. There's there's a line to, that's, that's drawn funny. there, and um, he certainly crossed it. 
funny you should say that about your own kid because that was the question they asked Don Sweeney, the GM of the Bruins, and he couldn't give an answer. Oh, during the press conference. Um, so Patrice Bergeron apparently was asked by Don Sweeney a week ago, and he said, I was asked by Don uh, my opinion. I had my concerns and shared my opinion in a way I think was not necessarily agreeing with. To be honest, the culture we built here is against that type of behavior. I think we're a team that has built something about character and character people and individuals. What he did obviously is unacceptable, and we don't stand by that. In this locker room, we are all about diversity, inclusion, and respect. Those are the key words and core values we have. We expect guys to wear this jersey to be high character people with integrity and respect. That's how they should be acting. My understanding is that he's going to be putting a lot of work and development and development in the community programs to better himself. It's up to him to do that. From my standpoint, it's a hockey opera's decision and we can only control what we can control. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Nick Felino, who signed as a free agent, was asked. Another guy who is very eloquent speaking. It's not something that anyone in this room stands for. The culture we have built and these guys have built before I got here is inclusion, and I think it goes against that. I understand he was 14 when he made that mistake, but it's hard for us to swallow because we take a lot of pride in here, the way we act and carry ourselves and what it is to be a Bruin. It's a tough thing to hear from our group. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think any guy was too happy because of how proud we are to say this group and takes a lot about ourselves, how we carry ourselves, and how we treat people so far, especially for the guys who have been there. That was a tough pill to swallow. I don't think the organization is ever not looking out for the best interest of us, but I think we had a lot of concerns and this kid will have to answer and prove to everybody, especially if he wants to get in this room and he's a change man. And we hope he works towards that. That's, that's not a deflection. I mean, that's, that's a pretty, I mean, both of them, both, both Bergeron and Felino, those are guys that will probably be future GMs or some kind of, you know, in the sport still later on. They're very, uh, again, more smart, more smart hockey players. Um, this is uh it is so moronic. In three days, the Bruins have tarnished the reputation so poorly. And then they start trying to deflect the blame and saying that they didn't know. It's complete and utter not gonna say the word, but just just it makes me angry. It makes Debbie me angry it for that, you. Yeah, it just makes me so angry that they thought they could get away with it. They thought they could slip through and get this guy. You know why? Because after this incident and after he got dropped by Arizona, yeah, after he got dropped by Arizona, he got cut from his college team. So a year later, he went into the ECHL and he's leading the league in scoring as a defenseman. So the Bruins thought, oh, you know what? There's other teams that are looking into this. We should, but we should sign him first. No, do your due diligence. Do your work. Do the work. You would have found out real quick from a quick Google search. Nope, not this kid. He has zero remorse for anything that he's done. He's our people say, Oh, you should give him a second chance. They've given him a second chance and he's blown it. He has done nothing. Absolutely nothing. This kid to me, he's 20 years old now. He's not even a kid and he still hasn't manned up and done what he should have done. So no, this guy should never play in the NHL. Gary Bettman came out and said, he's not eligible to play in the NHL. If he wants to play in another league, that's another league's problem, but he's not going to be eligible. And the Bruins did not clear it with Gary Bettman. I mean, it's just, it's so egregious. Like, it's so maddening. I don't know. I, uh, I brought this up because I was so mad. And I was like, I, you know, this is big news. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so today, the Bruins announced that, that they renounced his contract. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Friday. Trying to bury it on Friday. By Sunday, he's already cut. The heat was too strong. 
And good. Good on them for, for doing kind of the right thing. But just it's just so stupid. Just oh I'm sorry, I'm dying over here. <laughs> That's contract. Duh. I so stupid. Hey, just, tell us how you really feel. I can't. I can't. Well, we will get flagged I mean, on our show. Debbie, Debbie wants you to. Debbie Smith says, come on, Aaron. We're all no. adults. Yes, Debbie, we are. Well, mostly adults. We do. We are a family-friendly show, and we do have actually some kids that listen to the show. Aaron, you want to tell this story real quick? Absolutely. Lighten the mood Today. a bit here? Today, I was at Shark's Ice. I was there for a birthday party uh, for a family member, and I had my kids with me, and um, I was wearing my Fin Factor hat. And two younger kids, I mean, they maybe were 10 years old, came up to me, and they said, hey, are you are – you, are you the guy from the Fin Factor? And I was like, yeah, I'm Aaron. And they're like, oh, we know Paul. Oh, that's so cool. We watch all of your shows. I'm like, oh, really? That's so cool. And they're like, yeah, they love it. And then, you know, I didn't get to talk to him much because my kids were crying and screaming and being little punks. So I was like, okay, I got to go. Sorry, guys, but thanks for watching the show. It's awesome. I also had another lady uh, saw my hat at, at the game on Thursday, and she wanted to buy one. She's like, where can I get one? And I said, go to thefinfactor.com. She comes back, shows me her phone, and she went to fear the fin. I go, no, 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 the fin factor. <laughs> Let me type it in for you. And I typed it in for her, and she bought a hat right then online. Boom. So if you'd like to buy a hat, you can go to thefinfactor.com. Get yourself some swag. That's hats are hats are legit. I get a lot of comments from it. Not gonna hats lie. Are, yeah, actually legit. They, the, the stitching on it, they, they stand off. Oh, that's it's really, really nice. So um Super producer Jason, yeah, by the way, thefinfactor.com if you'd like to get one of those. Uh, Super producer Jason put it up earlier, Taylor Ulrich, and I, we didn't get to say it, oh. um, but he says, thanks for uh, talking about this, guys. Uh, still a fairly new hockey fan and have heard a lot about, or I'm sorry, heard about hockey culture, uh, hockey Canada. Really appreciate you all calling out the player and the org. You know, um, thanks, Taylor, for for uh, for thanking us for that. Um, we we generally keep it more about Sharks hockey and and Barracuda as we kind of uh, have season tickets for the next couple of years. So we'll probably be talking about them as well. Um, but well, because we get to see them more, right? Yeah. But um, and now and then there is kind of a story that reaches past you know the San Jose and what we would focus on, and something like this is I think it's important for uh, for people to kind of um, be informed about it and. As I said, you know, I, I know the Cliff's Notes version of everything that happened. So some of what Aaron just told me was kind of news to me. So, um, it, you know, it, it, I think it's still important to get some of this message out there. And again, as as we had told, oh gosh, what's your name? Is it Debbie? Uh, yeah, Debbie. As we had told Debbie, you know, um, we're mostly adults here. It's a pretty family-friendly show. But, you know, for any younger folks, hopefully not as young as 10, but if there are any younger folks that are kind of listening these are the types of things you don't want to do as a human being to other human beings. Right. Um, I don't, I don't want to sound like Jerry Springer, but the whole be kind to each other thing, right? Like don't, don't do these types of things because not only does it make you a horrible human being, but it's the type of thing that can screw up your life later on down the road when someone else says, Hey, that was the guy that did this to me. Right. Um, don't be that person, be the good person. Um, I don't want to go too far into that. But anyway, that's my little life lesson for you guys for the day. The more you know, if you want to throw that up there, there you go. Oh, what is this oh. now? Oh, there's the hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. There. So uh, uh, thank you for thanking us. If you'd like to support the show, um, you can go ahead and go to thefinfactor.com and get one of those hats. There's some pictures and stuff up there too. Anyway, um, we're just uh, throwing that out there. I'm not sure why. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Aaron, anything else you want to say about this uh, situation? Sure. Or- 
Yeah. I mean, I could keep going, but hockey is for everyone. That's the NHL slogan. That's they're trying to do diversity. It's a lie. Hockey is not for everyone. Hockey is not for racists and bigots and fascists. They have no place in hockey or most places really. So no, hockey is not for everyone. Okay. There you go. I mean, I, I think, uh, it's supposed to be a positive message, but the way you've you I, framed it, obviously, you know, you, you're, uh, being I think a little you're right sarcastic there. there, but yeah. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, going real quick, going back to Taylor, the Hockey Canada thing is another huge topic that is so, so wrong, and we still haven't even seen the fallout completely from that. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about, Paul. I, I actually did not hear what you said, so you want to say that one more time? <laughs> I said the Hockey Canada whole issue we have not seen the fallout from all of that come out yet. We still will, and I'm sure it will be coming maybe even this season. Um, and it sounds like you've kind of been reading up on it, Taylor, so I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There you go. Okay, um, let's get back to some Sharks hockey here. Uh, upcoming games, we've got three of them. Um, actually, it's kind of weird. We've got quite a gap from uh, from today here. The first game is on Thursday against St. Louis, huh? Yeah, there's a big break. Uh, it's kind of weird because then they go three games in four days. <laughs> yeah, that, that is really weird. So Thursday in St. Louis, 5 p.m., and then Friday in Dallas, 5.30, and Sunday against Minnesota in Minnesota at 3 p.m. Um, so, again, this is one of those things that I, we're not looking at wins and losses and how many points. Normally in the, in the season, we'd be guessing these things, right? For this, I don't think we're guessing so much on points, but um, – do these games have the ability to be what we want them to be, which is entertaining hockey? Or are these teams either going to just blow out the Sharks? What What's your take on these ones one day at a time? Do the Sharks have an opportunity to make these games entertaining at least? Yeah, I mean, I think you would be surprised to know that St. Louis is below the Sharks in the standings right now. I would be surprised. However, however, they have played less games. They only have nine games. The Sharks have 14, so they played five more. But they only have three wins and six losses, which is a big deal for St. Louis because they should be a lot better than that. Um, Minnesota's kind of going through the same thing. They're starting to write the ship, but they are 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. They should be a lot higher. Uh, and Dallas is just 8-3-1, and three and one, so they're up at the top. So I don't see much of the Dallas game. <laughs> but the St. Louis and Minnesota games could be winnable here. I don't could, want not, to not even just entertaining, but winnable. You're saying exactly. Yeah. yeah I, we're going to see some points. I think we're going to see the losing streak end in this, <laughs> these three games somewhere at some point. Sharks are going to win. I want to know what the NHL record is for most consecutive shootout losses <laughs> in a row. I think we're going for that right now, Aaron. I think that's, oh, that's, that's what we're going for. That's, that's not a record there's, you want to be in the record books for. There's only a few things we care about right now. The Eric Carlson streak and the shootout loss streak is the one I'm, I'm guessing is going to continue. <laughs> let's let's talk about shootouts. Yeah. That should have been the question. Are you a fan of the shootout, Paul? I actually um, I, I enjoy the shootout for what it is. I don't enjoy it as a way to determine the game, but I understand why it's necessary. I don't like ties. I know you don't care and you'll be happy with ties, but you're a soccer fan and I I don't really care for ties. I would rather the game be decided. And I've already told you and you think it's ridiculous, but I, I think if you went to a five point system, okay, 
where the win, if you get a, a win in regulation, it's five points. A win in, in overtime is four points, and the, the losing team gets one. Uh, a win in shootout gets three points, and the losing team gets two. That way, uh, you actually have uh, a bonus point for winning in the overtime as opposed to over the shootout instead of having the row column. I don't know why you did five points. I was doing three. No, exactly. This is exactly why. Because if you win in the shootout, you would get less points than if you were to win in overtime. Right. Three points for a regulation win. Two for overtime or shootout. Yeah. And the one other team gets one point. Overtime loss. So there's three points for every game, no matter what happens. But then if you lose, no, but then if you win in the uh, shootout and you get one point, the other team gets zero. But no, if you win in a shootout or overtime, you get two. That's how it is already, though, right? Right. But a regulation win would give you three. So every game's three points. I think if every game that goes to overtime is three points, why not make a regulation game three points? I think you reward the overtime win more than the shootout win, though. That's that's why I say five. If it was five on five overtime, sure. But it's three on three. It's not real hockey. Yeah. So what? What are we doing here? What are we talking? We're talking, buddy. Uh, Okay. so obviously you. Okay. so what are your thoughts on it then? abolish the shootout i think it's horrendous i think it's really dumb i think it's it's better to do a coin flip and be done quicker than to do a shootout the shootout it's so funny because everyone's like oh it was such a loss oh the sharks are on a three game losing streak or four game losing streak with three shootout losses are you kidding it's a skills challenge who cares flip a coin like i don't consider those losses that's just you didn't you didn't have a skillful as person or they did they had bad ice or it was just a bad night or the goalie got lucky. You know, it's just, it's so it's awful. I think it's awful. I think uh, it needs Peter, to go. Peter St. John says, I don't like ties either. And he says, I say reward me. So there you go. And Debbie agrees with you saying it's a skills challenge. Yeah, it absolutely is. Again, if there was a way to, to um, do the, the three on three, but like it, you can't somehow keep- they score faster. Right. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but, Hey, how about this? How about three on three, but they just do away with blue line? That'd be interesting. Only for the three on three. That would promote more scoring. So there's no offsides? There's no offsides. And then, therefore, you can't just dip out of the zone and get a no, reset, change your no players No offsides up. and no icing? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying to think of something, man. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, oh. Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, month and. That's Super Producer Jason's favorite clip other than the Kunin one or Cunning one. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, Kellen saying they, the Sharks are honestly coming off a four-game trip in which they could have eight points. That is true. I mean, they, they were in all of those games. And then again, like Aaron said, they lost in the skills challenge, right? Uh, the final five minutes have taken uh, loss from the grasp of victory. I think that changes. Oh, Kellen thinks that the Sharks are on a trajectory, as we talked about earlier, where they uh, might be getting some more wins instead of these losses. You know what? And I kind of agree. If that's where you're going, Kellen, I kind of agree with that. I feel like what we had said earlier, too, was, you know, this is uh, you've got a lot of new players on the team. You've got a new system, new coach, new GM, new everything. And it's going to take time for these guys to really gel. It's not quite like a video game where you just put the best players that you can and they all have good chemistry. So it, when when you have a bunch of new guys, they have to learn each other, right? They have to gel. And the way that they're playing right now, I think, is better than the very, very beginning of the season 
And I don't know. I mean, if these guys are learning how each other are playing and they're they're figuring each other out, uh, and Eric Carlson stays healthy and hot, I don't know, man. I mean, I I mean, we I don't really want to be a bubble team, and I don't think that we will necessarily. But I do think you're right. We'll be on a trajectory kind of going up. Now, whether that means we win games instead of losing games, I don't know. But I think the team will actually start to look a little bit better as the season goes on, up until the trade deadline again for me. I think it's already too late at this point. The damage has been done. They're going to be sellers and and they're going to be losing talent to oh, the yeah. team and they're just going to drop even more. So I just don't see even with this hot Eric Carlson and everything else going on. Um, I don't see it. The Sharks have one regulation win. Yeah. You know, the only there's one team that does not have a regulation win. Do you know who that is? Is it St. Louis? Cause they're lower than us. Oh, who a team above us. That just played us twice this week. No way. Anaheim does not have a regulation win this season. Well, we've got that then, right? They have four wins. Uh, how many of the shootout? Two from the shootout. The two against the Sharks. The other two are in overtime. So they have two uh, overtime wins and two shootout wins. Kellen saying LeBanc and Hurdle will heat up. I'd like to have your uh, your input on that one, actually. Do you think that anybody else on this roster who's not named Eric Carlson or Timo Meyer, actually he's been, he's been heating up too. Um, do you think anybody else on this roster is going to start heating up? I mean, I hope so, but um, I well, no, you don't. It's well, I, I don't mind the six, five losses. It's entertaining. I think yeah. it's great. Um, Couture needs to kind of step up. He's kind of, I thought he had one of his worst games yesterday. I don't know what's wrong with him. He seemed to like every time the puck would just come off a stick, even the shootout, he lost control of the puck in the shootout. He just couldn't get anything going. He had two, three, three chances in the slot that just went right off a stick. Um, I'd like to see him. LeBanc obviously would be great. I think he's starting to look better and a little bit more confident. Um, Oscar Lindblom, I'd like to see step up. I think that was a guy that everyone's talking about before the season that he's kind of a project guy, you know, like, he should be better than he is, kind of. I'd like to see him. And then there's always one guy that I want to see do better. Good, no, Gregor? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you want him to see. <laughs> He's got five games, no points, minus two. Five shots on goal. So I've got uh, two comments here, and then I think we'll wrap things up here. Um, if I'm gonna First, I'm going to go to uh, Kellen Foster to give Super Producer Jason some way of trying to answer this. Kellen's asking, uh, Super Deuce Jason, is Carlson hot? So we're trying to get uh, not just our take on it, but Super Deuce Jason. So uh, if you'd like to do that, Jason, go ahead and put that in the chat, or I don't know what you want to do there. Uh, but then also uh, Debbie Smith saying, do you think EK65 is looking to be traded? This is something that we've heard a little bit, uh, you know, back and forth on you know Twitter and whatever else. Like, oh, yeah, he's playing to get moved. Uh, oh, hold on. Kellen Foster, I do wear EK65 jersey to the games. There you go. So uh, Super Producer Jason's on board. Uh, but going back to um, the previous question, where is it clicking? Um, from Debbie, do you think, Aaron, that EK65 is looking to be traded? I think uh, every player is playing to get traded. How about that? Not that they want to get traded, but they want to show that their value and it's this season's kind of Dunsky. So I think they're trying to show what they can do and 
for especially the guys with like one or two years left in their contract, like they want to get moved and, and older guys are going to want to get moved. So yeah, yeah. I want to, I, I think they want to show their value and go to a contender. Yeah. I think Eric Carlson's no dummy when it comes to that. I mean, you, you've got guys that are going to be on this roster, you know, at, at, this month and then in a few months, probably not going to be. So uh, he's going to be again, stuck on a team that's got that talent uh, moved off and they're going to be, you know, in, in non-contention again. Um, so I think if, uh, if he can find his way onto another roster and it might be kind of difficult because again, that 11.5 million, it doesn't mean it's untradeable. It just means it's a tough pull to swallow for another team that needs to try to take that contract on. It's not even like, Oh, is he worth it? It's more like, can we figure out how to make the cap space? Yes, we can retain salary. I don't think the sharks want to do that for the next five years. Right. And yes, we could take on a bad contract, but that bad contract needs to be of short term um, so that we can do the rebuild that we want to do. Right. So um, I, I don't think that he's like not movable, but I think that it would take a very specific team and a very uh, creative uh, trade, if you will, to, to get that done. So uh, is he playing to be traded? Maybe, maybe not. But um, I'm just happy that, you know, again, he's putting his best effort forward. He's healthy uh, so far, at least. And he's, again, a driving force for this team where if can you imagine if Eric Carlson was already injured or if Eric Carlson was not playing the way that he has been and there's just been nothing going on with the Sharks to talk about whatsoever. Can you imagine how boring this team would be to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, be absolutely dreadful. Yes, we'd be that much closer to Bedard, but um, I, I certainly think that, you know, from the organization standpoint, you still have a product to sell and Eric Carlson is absolutely doing that for the Sharks almost single-handedly. Absolutely. And there's a question from was it Egan Grau. Question anyone there on opening night. Did Carlson get booed during his play intro? I heard some boos. You remember that? I didn't catch that. No. In fact, I think I have, I think it's on our Instagram reel from where we were up, up high, but I, there was a mix. I mean, there's a mix of cheering and boos. Definitely more than any other player. I wouldn't, it was not like significant boos. It wasn't like, Oh man, that guy just got booed out of here. It was like, oh, I, I hear some boo birds going on with the uh, the yeah. cheering and clapping. I was cheering. I was clapping. I'm a big fan of Carlson. I like what he does and and what he brings to the table. Yeah, I, I just I think if you're a fan, if you're a Sharks fan and you're booing Carlson, you should be booing everybody else. Uh, he, he is like the one shining light on this season, and if you're booing him because of the amount of money he makes. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this guy's putting his best effort forward, and he's absolutely, again, the only shining star on the team right now. So uh, I think if you're booing him, you better be booing everybody else. Yeah, everyone wants him to be Chris Pronger, which he is not defensively, but also keep what his offensive prowess is. That's just not the kind of player he is. So be realistic. Good. Okay, well, hey, I think that wraps us up here. Um, any last second thing? Yeah, what can you do all this stuff here super producer jason thank you being on point here yeah if you guys like the video thank you <laughs> i can growl friggin true hey i appreciate your dedication to staying uh, family friendly with the uh the, the censored word there i appreciate that um if you can uh hit the like button if you guys like the video if you are not subscribed please do that ring the bell you guys know where we're going live love to have you guys in here with your comments and questions it's so much fun bouncing off uh with you guys these uh these comments and these ideas and these 
uh, different topics and whatnot. So if you'd like to support the show again, you can do that through Super Chat. You can do it through Venmo at The Fin Factor, or you can go to the website, thefinfactor.com, and check out any of the merchandise that we have there for sale. So if you would like to support the show but get something back for it, that's the place to go. Uh, Aaron, last words? Let's do it. No, we're done. Guys, uh, peace out. Great show, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate your comments. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. We will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.